0: Today I'm going to talk to you about how to have great faith. Amen. How do you have great faith? We hear about faith. I remember when I grew up, I thought faith was just a magical word. I was like, faith? What is faith? You know, I grew up in a divorced home at three years old. My my parents separated. And uh, my mom was the charismatic. They called the crazy, you know, they thought she was crazy. And then my dad was in the Church of Christ, which believed that every gift of the holy spirit died with the apostles that supernatural healing miracles never would take place ever again that it all ceased and then I would go on my mom's side and I would see, you know, we'd go to Old Roberts University and we'd go hear the great preachers, you know, we'd see Benny Hinn and the Copelands and all these people. And I was like, I'd go between these two camps and think, oh my God, what's happening over here? And I'd get back to my dad's side and they'd be like, that don't exist. And I remember when I was at my mom's house, I had the flu and I don't know if you've ever had the flu, but when you have the flu, it's bad. Doesn't sound so bad until you have it, Right. And I remember I was eight years old, and I, I couldn't hold my food, and I just wanted to go out and play. I didn't, know what, I didn't know much about God at that time. I just went to church, you know, went to Bible studies at church, and I just wanted to go out and play. And two people came to the house, a couple, and they prayed in tongues, and they laid hands on me. And I just remember from that moment on, I was healed. I, was, I could go out and play. That's all I cared about, right? Right? And then I'd go back to my dad's side and they'd say, oh, that's done away with. I said, wait a minute, I got healed. How's that possible? You say, you got books that say it don't happen, but it happened, right? Years later, I surrendered my life to God. And at 16, I was like, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Show me, lead me, guide me. I don't know what it all means. I don't know what you want me to do. I love playing basketball, And in high school, this basketball coach from Rhema Bible College started recruiting me, and this African-American guy named Lance Ivey, and he came to all my games, and I had five scholarships to go to some other schools and play for free. And then he came, and he said, and he just kept coming around, and there was something I couldn't shake about this one guy. I couldn't it was something the way he dressed, it was the way he treated his wife, it was the this persistence to come after me. And I thought, man, I want to play for this guy. And we lost the state championship game in high school by one point. I'm still bitter and I still haven't forgotten. By one point. And I remember sitting there devastated that we lost and looking across the stadium and seeing the coach there. And I said, I'm gonna go to that school and we're gonna win two championships, and I'm not gonna buy a school ring. I was so upset, and that's what we did. We went to Raymond Bible College, and we won for the first time in school history two national championships, and I didn't buy a school ring, amen. We're talking about great faith, what is it? How do you get it? What does it look like, right? I remember uh, I I took over a church when I was 22 years old, out of Bible college. I I was, it was crazy. Don't ever do it. I got tore up, eaten up, spit out in the country towns of Kansas. My goodness. I would never recommend it. But it was a great testing proving, a great growing ground. And we, I was at 22 years old. We had the mayor of the town. We had the senator of the area coming to the church. And I wore a suit every Sunday like Pastor Delgado does because that was the Reima way. You wore suits and ties. That was excellence. That's the way it was supposed to be. And I had to dress up because I was like, man, these people are 40, 50, 70, and I'm 22. I got to look like I know something. And all I could remember is the word that I learned in school, which was found in Scripture that says, don't let no man despite your youth, but set the example in word and in deed, right? And at 22, as a senior pastor of this small little country church, if you're a young person today, God's got a great plan. If he can use David to slay a giant at 17, he could use you right now. This faith you got right now is not for your parents' faith or your grandparents' faith. It's for you to be a trailblazer, for you to lead the charge like the great men of the Bible did, the great women and men. If you're old, God still use you. You're not too old. Moses never retired. There's no retirement program in the Bible. We need old men and young men. We need all people. To do this work for Jesus, we're talking about great faith. I remember I learned all this stuff at Bi- in Bible school. Finally, figured out what faith was, and I remember I had a, a baby child born with, was born at seventeen weeks, and was in the NICU for t- until twenty nine weeks, then born, and then stayed for ten more weeks. and The the Catholic doctor said, "You know what? You should abort," but I can't tell you that because I'm Catholic. But this baby ain't going to live. And we just said, you know what? We're just going to believe God and stand on his word. And Bro, she's 13 years old. She's a little butterfly. All the teachers cry every year when they say, oh, this medical file is not who this kid should be. You know, and she's in school without help anymore, and she's doing great. You know? That's our God. Amen. God is good. God is powerful. God is amazing. God can do supernatural things. As we sang today, God is the God of the impossible. He makes things possible. When there seems no way, he makes a way. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Um, I remember going to Bible school. I didn't have the money to go to Bible school. I had all these scholarships, and I just felt led to go there. And I don't know. I went there for two years. I worked six months out of two years. Someone paid my initial fee to get in. I didn't know some seven-foot-one basketball player that was Swedish, never met him. And then I was just going to school and I said, God, if you call me here, I'm here. I don't know what to do and God supernaturally provided, which is a whole nother podcast story and a whole nother series, how that all happened. But it's just God. We're talking about great faith, amen. I believe everyone in this room has great faith now. You don't got to work for it. You don't have to attain it. You got it. You got it today. Amen. God is good. Amen. I remember years ago, my my brother, he was a drug dealer. He speaks fluent Spanish. He looks just like me. So whenever he was 18 and ran away from home, those Latinos loved this guy in San Antonio. They said, let's get this gringo. He's fluent, and he'd run drugs over the border back and forth, and one day he got caught And then one day, he was selling crack, and he got pulled over, and he swallowed it all so he wouldn't get caught. And he died twice. And they did 90 minutes of CPR on his body, 90 minutes. And I went to the hospital after 11 days later because they couldn't find his parents or who loved him or who knew him because he was out. And the lady that worked on him for 90 minutes with five different guys, they said, we could tell he wasn't a user. We could tell this was a mistake, and that's why we didn't give up. And they said after they called him dead the first time, they started to walk out, and all of a sudden, he came back to life as they were leaving the room. And they froze his body with the Arctic sun, they called it, it internally, so he wouldn't have secondary seizures. And then he had a Mormon doctor that told me, hey, he's going to be a vegetable the rest of his life. He said, oh, his brainwaves should be like this. But they're like this. And if he wakes up, he's going to be a vegetable. And by the way, his kidneys have completely been disintegrated. They will not work again. This will be the ball and chain of his life. He'll be on di- dialysis the rest of his life. And I got the call to come in from Kansas, and I go to this, oh, my, you know, my brother had his, his girlfriend and his ex-girlfriend and like three girlfriends. We had to throw them out of the room, and I don't know who they were. He was, he was crazy. And I got my parents there. I got my dad that doesn't believe in supernatural healing because we go to a church that says God doesn't do supernatural things. And I had to be there and be the pastor and leader of the whole family. And I just said, well, all I know is to do what God's word says to do. I'm just going to lay hands on him and pray and believe that when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. And I might not feel it. I don't know what's going to happen. But all I could do in this moment is just believe God for something supernatural to happen. And then there's the scripture that we would hear in school, Pastor, where they'd say, you know, Pastor Hagen senior would talking about, you know, the, in Proverbs that the word of God is medicine and un, unto all your bodies. So to read it and, and listen to it. So I would just sit there and just started reading the Bible to my brother. And then all of a sudden my dad got into it. And He just started to sit by him and read the Bible because he didn't know what to do. And that's all. And that was it. Eleven days later, he woke up right before they put the trach in his In his throat to breathe and he was flirting with girls in Spanish and he wasn't supposed to have a brain and he was going to be a vegetable the rest of his life then I got to lead him to Jesus and then he walked out a month later and then two months later his kidneys came back on while he was doing dialysis talking about great faith how do you have it how do you get it I believe this room you got it now you don't got to work for it you got it I think what's happened is, in Christianity, we need to come back to and make things very simple, like Apple. How many of you have an Apple iPhone? Maybe you don't. Well, when iPhone 3 came out, and I started to use it, and I realized I can text so much easier. I was like, oh my goodness, I can text? I don't have to erase it, go back. We need to be like Apple and keep it simple, Why is Apple so famous and popular? It's simple. It it seamlessly connects with everything, and all the devices do the same thing, and it's simple. We need to keep Christianity simple. Some of us have overcomplicated and we need to get back to having a childlike faith, just coming to Jesus and just believing that what he says is what he says, and what he says he'll do, he will do. I have three kids. They come to me and say, Dad, I'm hungry. I give them food. They don't even ask for food, and they get food. Childlike faith. Come to God. Ask him for what you need. Believe that he loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He made you. He's in you. He loves you. Great faith. What is it? How do you get it? I know if you ever watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I love all the Indiana Jones. And it has that moment where he's, Standing at this chasm, this great abyss, and his, and his father said, when you get to this moment, well, you know, walk by faith, not by sight. You're not going to be able to see it, but you're going to have to take a step, a leap of faith and step out, and something's going to stop you. Sometimes I think we've way overcomplicated everything, and we want to see everything first, and then we believe. But God just says, just believe. Stop overcomplicating it. Amen. 2 Corinthians 11:3 says, "But I fear somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds have been, may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. If it's complicated, God, man has gotten involved. We need to keep it simple. Amen." First Corinthians 2:2 2, 2 says, "For I've decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except... Jesus Christ. It's got to come back to, church, we're all about Jesus and what he said. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified for you and for me, who died on Calvary and died and bled to death on a tree, so you could have life. Amen. An abundant life, a prosperous life, an amazing life, a fulfilling life. Amen. I love this. You remember these old computers that had the random access memory, this RAM, you know, you you know you had to go and like defrag your computer. You, um, you remember those days, you know, it's, we, it's got all this stuff that's clogging it up and slows it down. I think a lot of us need to clear our RAM. We need to delete We need to to clear the hard drive of our life and get back to the simplicity. It's all about Jesus, him crucified. Amen. And get back to this is not a religion. This is all about a relationship. This is not about a church. This is about Jesus and what he said and what he's done for you and for me. This is the good news that we have. Great faith. All of you have it. You got it now. Amen. There was this guy named Paul. He was smart. He was religious. He was a scribe, and he went and killed people and threw them in jail, and he thought he was doing God a justice. And then one day, Jesus knocked him off his high horse, and he revealed himself to him. And in Galatians, it says this. He's, after he had this encounter with God, and after he met Jesus, this is what he said, and this is what he's saying to you. Galatians 2 He says this, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you. Do you believe that? That's what Paul said. That's what he says, and that's what you should be saying. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you. The hope of glory. Behold, he's here. No, now he's in you. Where is God? He's in you. You are the temple of God. You are the house of God. God's on the inside of you. Everywhere you go, you glow. Everywhere you go, his presence goes. Where is God? He's in you. He's in me. Amen. This is the good news. You're not separated from his love, no. His love's been shed abroad and poured on the inside of your heart already. His DNA has already been injected on the inside of you. Every one of you, mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers. You could be a great mom and a great dad and a great business leader and whatever you want to be in life, a minister, because God's in you. That's why we could say nothing, nada imposible para Dios, nothing's impossible with God, why? Because he's in you. I love this. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It goes on to say, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. What is faith? What you believe. How does faith come? By hearing. You just heard Christ lives in you. Now you have belief. Amen. This is the good news. I love it. I live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in Jesus. Jesus is the son of God. This is what we put our faith in. Amen. We live in this constant reminder that what Jesus has done, he's made you right with God. You are in right standing with God. You are perfectly made in God. You've been declared not guilty by God. You've been justified by his grace, by God. Faith in what? In his son. Jesus, I'm right with God. You are right with God. And if you're right with God, then when you pray, you know he hears you. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no sin. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. You are right with God. You're in the family. You're a king's kid. I got my kids. I say, you're Kingsley's, man. You can walk into my house. This is your house. You use my credit card whenever you shouldn't. All the time. <laughs> right? Even when they're older, they still ask, can I get some more food? Can I? Can you send me some more cash money, Ca- Apple cash? Oh, I, I, why can it be like the old days, Pastor, where they had to still come and ask you? Now they just text you from any place they are wherever they have a phone, and they, can you just send it to me? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. You're right with God. You're in right standing with God. Amen. I live by faith in what Jesus did, which is this. He loved me. He died on the cross so that I would be perfectly made right with God. We have one focus. It's all about Jesus and all about what Jesus did for you. Amen. What do you use your faith for? Believing you're right with God. You are right. You are holy. You are made perfect with God. You are holy and blameless and made perfect by God. Amen. Amen. He is in you. I love this next verse, Colossians 1, 21. It says this about you and me. You were, past tense, no longer, you were enemies. You were separated by your evil thoughts and actions. But, verse 22, yet now, hallelujah, or but now, let's go, he has reconciled you to himself, through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without what? A single fault. This is you. This is God speaking to you. Amen. This is, verdade- this is truth. Do you believe this? You're right with God, holy with God. Blame, oh, well, I messed up. Yeah, that's why you need Jesus. That's why I need Jesus. That's why we take that cup and remind ourselves of everything and all the benefits who healed you from all your diseases, who forgave you of all your sins. Hallelujah. Psalms 103, go read it. The good news we have. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I should have a year ago. I should have did what God I didn't. Okay, but today is a new day, and today it's time to take a new step and believe what God's word said about you and me. Oh, I I disobeyed. Okay, now obey. Today is a new day. Oh, church hasn't been first. Okay, make church your first priority again. Make God your priority again. Come back to God and live for him again. Amen. You believe this. Hallelujah. Amen. How many? Oh, I got now. Okay. We're good. Almost. The new covenant, which we just took, is pointing you to Jesus, who finished the work on your behalf. Amen. You live by faith. Romans 117 says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God of God is revealed, been brought into light. This is the good news. What's the good news? That Jesus died for your sins, and then on the third day, he came back out of that grave, and he's alive, and because he's alive, you can live. And now he's made you right, holy, perfect in his sight. New, you have great faith. Amen. You are good with God. Hallelujah. Faith in what? What Jesus has accomplished. You live by faith. When you know you're right with God, you don't need to wrestle with God for his promises and his benefits and beg and ask. No, 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 you're right with God. You don't gotta crawl up these steps on your knees and you don't have to give until he gets, you know, until he sees you. No, he knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. He knows you. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning. He knows who you are. He knows your voice. He knows everything about you. You're right with him amen you are good with God God is good and every one of you have been given a measure of faith every one of you already have faith you've been given a measure you have it you got it amen that's what the scripture says if you have Jesus you have faith hallelujah how many of you have Jesus you have Jesus you have faith. Hallelujah. You know, the apostles or the disciples then cried out to God, hey, God, increase our faith, please. And he said, hey, wait a minute. If you got faith as small as a little mustard seed, you know how big a mustard seed is? I used to have one. I think I lost it. So little, I couldn't even, you could barely see it. It's like the smallest grain of a mustard seed, says the King James. If you have that, you can speak to mountains. You can do anything. You got it. He's given you a measure. You got it. Oh, I need to, get, uh, to have great faith. I need to have all these steps and religion that I have to go through and hoops that I have to jump through, and I have to attain and get to this certain place in my walk to actually believe God. That's not true. You got great faith now. If you have Jesus, you are right with God. Holy, blameless, perfect. You can come boldly to his throne room of grace anytime and ask for anything you need. Like my kids, hey dad, boop, 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 boop. hey, can I go to the blah, blah, blah? It's gonna cost the, Yeah, come on in, son. You're my son. You are king's kids, the nobility of God. Amen. You ever heard of that Roman centurion? He came to God and he said, You know, the Roman centurion, he sends his servants to go see Jesus, he says, Could you just say the word, please? Could you just speak the word? You don't even have to come into my house. Now, I want you to think for a moment. Jesus first came for the Jews. This guy's a Gentile. He's Roman. Jesus hadn't even died yet. Jesus hadn't even introduced the New Covenant yet. He hadn't even done communion with his friends yet. He hadn't even, people haven't even come to Christ yet. And this Roman walks up to Jesus, says, "Just say the word." I'm not with you. You haven't died for me yet. But if you could just say a childlike faith. I just believe if you just say it, God, if your word says it, I believe it. That's it. And, and, And God and Jesus, when this guy approached him, he's like, I have never seen someone with such great faith. He's not even a Christian. He's a Gentile. He's not even saved. He's not born again. You are. He wasn't even in the new covenant. You are. You got access. Now. Come back to God like a child. Amen. Talking about great faith. There's that Canaanite woman. Her her kids are demon possessed. She's a Samaritan. Samaritan. You know, the Samaritans were considered unclean, and she was a woman. And in those days, you didn't approach the rabbi, priest, as he's walking. No, you clear, make way. Don't touch that guy. You're unclean. And she comes and has a diet and says, oh, hey, Messiah. He's trying to use his words again. Hey, you're the Messiah, right? I'm a Gentile, but I'm going to use your language and try to get a little loophole here. Could you come and heal my kids? And he's like, hey, man. We don't even give the crumbs off the master's table. You know, we don't, we, we don't, we don't deal with this kind of situation. She's like, can I, just get, can I just get those bread crumbs, though, if I can get the bread? Just a little crumb. And he's like, oh, my goodness. He says it there. I haven't seen anyone with such great faith. He says, go and be healed now. Great faith. She's a Gentile. She's not even born again yet. She's not even saved. She not even died yet. You know, the new covenant hasn't come into place yet. And she has been, God saying this, why? Because he, they just took him at his word. It's time we just go back to God's word and say, God, you said it. I'm your child. I'm going to believe this. You got new plans for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me. You want to heal me and you want to use me for your glory. Despite all the things you might have gotten into, yeah, but you are now holy. You are now blameless. You are now perfectly made in his sight. You are the nobility of God. You are ambassador to God. You are chosen of God. And God has put his life, his spirit, his presence on the inside of you. And if you've been through the hardest things of your life, he's come to heal the brokenhearted, Psalms 147. To bandage your wombs. Behold, today is a new day. These are things, these are his words. This is what we need to believe. This is what we need to, to walk by and just accept. If he said it like a little kid, I believe it. That's my dad. If my dad said that about me, then that's what I'm going to believe, and that's it. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what my parents said. Eric, don't go to that extended Bible school, you know. No, I'm going to do what God said to do. Obey his word. Obey his leading. Obey what he says for you to do. Amen. And good things will come. It might not be easy, but, man, it's the best life to live this faith life. And this faith that we're talking about, you have it now. Great faith. You have it now. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? I believe that. Let's stand to our feet right now. Hallelujah. Everyone in this room has great faith. Let's close our eyes. Let's just put your hand over your heart just for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have everything you need. 2 Peter 1.3, just listen to this. His divine power has already been given us everything we need for a godly life. How? Through our knowledge of Jesus. It goes on to say, By which you have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped corruption that is in this world amen i believe everyone in this room is holy is blameless is perfect is right with god and when you're right with god then you just rest knowing that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You just rest in knowing that all his promises are yes and amen in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about living for Jesus, following Jesus, giving your life. He's your leader. He's your master. He's the CEO of your life. And he wants to lead you by still waters. He heals you of all your diseases. He He's forgiven you of all your mistakes and he's made you a new creature.